Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Yeah, and it's awesome. I just want to affirm you guys too, because we know that you don't do that just to volunteer. We know you do that because your heart has been gripped for a generation that's coming up behind. And uh, we just want to honor the work that you're doing week in and week out. You missed the services up here, but you're having a great time with our kids. Thank you so much for the work you do and the, and the heart that you pour out into it. We know that you're not seeing this as just childcare, but you see a generation coming up that will love the Lord and know the Lord in intimate ways. And even if we have just a small fraction of time on a Sunday morning, you're there for them. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing that. Hey, um, uh, this morning, I want to follow up a little bit on a conversation we started last week. We talked about vision last week for Vine Life, about what it means to awaken into the fullness to know the fullness of life in Christ. And we talked about four expressions. We're, we're, get, we're a people marked by God's presence, family, creativity, and goodness. You see it on the wall when you walk out there. And, and, and there are places that we want to anchor in. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about, for the whole, well, the whole family's here, I want to talk about the presence of God and what it means to be a people marked by the presence of God. If you have your Bibles, can you just open up to Exodus chapter 33? Open to Exodus 33. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. We will have the scripture uh, behind us on the screen. And we're talking about what it means to be people of his presence, a family marked by his presence. And uh, I want to look at this passage because this is, this is what we're talking about. You see, we get to this point. For those of you who know the story, kids, you've learned this probably in Sunday school where, where Moses and the people of Israel, God delivered them out of Egypt and all, you know, the whole 10 plagues thing and, and God's power showed up when they were slaves in Egypt. He brought them out with a mighty hand. They went through the desert for a long time. God led them to Mount Sinai where God would call Moses up to the mountain and say, this is the new standard of life that I'm calling you to live. And he wrote, wrote down on the original tablets, right? The original tablets, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote it with his finger engraved on stone. But we read that as Moses came back down the mountain, um, he looked upon the people, and because he had delayed in coming down, they got a little impatient, and they, they, they fashioned, they took all of their earrings and their rings and all the gold they had, and they melted all down and fashioned a golden cow and started worshiping it. That's crazy, right? And they started worshiping this cow, and, 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 uh, and so God addresses the people, and, and at this point, God God's upset because they turn from him, because God knows what's best for us. And God loves it when we live our lives with him and near him and, um, and we abide in him. And he set up this whole way for us to be in commun- communion with him. Uh, but he saw that they didn't do that. He saw that they turned. And so what he tells Moses is this. He says, listen, I've had enough. What I want you to do, I want you just to move on. I want you to leave this place. I want you to go to the promised land. This land flowing with milk and honey. I want you to go to the land of Canaan, but I'm not going to go with you, okay? And here's what it says in Exodus chapter 33, 3. God says to Moses, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go among you lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And so God is essentially saying, listen, I'm frustrated with you. How about you just go? If I go with you, I'm probably going to destroy you, right? 
you, you, you're stiff the mat. You won't even listen to me. We make it about five minutes before you're fashioning golden cows and the whole thing. He said, if I go with you, it's going to go badly for you. I'll probably kill all of you on the way. Right? Anybody of you feel that on like a road trip somewhere, right, with the family? <laughs> I will pull over this car and get out, right? I will walk back home. You guys continue. And so God says, listen, I, I'm not going to go with you. I might consume you on the way. And so, and so he says this to Moses, of all people, because if there's one guy who didn't get a chance to decide how his life calling was going to look like, it's Moses, all right? He did not ask to lead, you know, millions of, of, of complaining, whining people, right? Because they're going through the desert. Even when God is showing his power, they're still like, why can't God do more for us? Why can't I have this or that? And so over and over again in Exodus, Moses and, and God banter back and forth. And Moses is like, hey, listen, this is your people, right? And you read this over and over. It's almost like a comedy if you didn't know it actually happened, right? Because God constantly tries to give the people back. Or Moses tries to give the people back to God and says, listen, hey, this is your, consider these are your people. Like, I, I didn't ask to do this. What, what do you mean I'm, gonna go, I'm going alone? You're going to send me by myself because you can't do this anymore? I can't do this anymore, right? And so Moses responds to God after this whole thing. God's like, I'm out. I'm out. See you. Have fun. And then Moses says this to God in verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people, right? Giving them back to God. And then God said back to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God said back, or Moses says back to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? And then he asked this brilliant question. Is it not your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And it's just, a, it's an amazing picture. Have you ever done something in life where you're like, I'm not going to do this unless somebody does it with me? Something so outside of your comfort zone. Maybe you've been skydiving before. Like, I'm not doing this, but if you're doing this, I'm doing this, right? Or you started a new workout or a new diet plan or, you know, students, if you, you know, if you're trying out for sports, you have a best friend, you're like, hey, listen, if you do this, I'm going to do this. If you're in, I'm in. I'll be in if you're in, right? I will go talk to that girl if you come with me, Right. We will do this together. You're my wingman. We're comrades in the fight here. We're going to do this together. And there's certain things that you need to know who's with you to go and do them, to bring any level of comfort, to bring any level of peace. And this is exactly uh, what's going on with Moses. And here's what we, it's important to get. Moses and the people of God had seen a lot of different sides of God. They had seen, they had, they had experienced the promises of God. They know what it meant to be people of promise, where God would say, this is who you are. This is what I will do for you. This is where I will lead you. They knew that they had a land that God had promised them, the promised land. They were people of promise. They were people of power. They had experienced the power of God. I mean, 10 plagues against Egypt, parting of the Red Sea, the whole deal. Manna, quail in the desert, supernatural food supply. They had seen the power, and the provision of God. They, they know that they weren't left alone. God took care of them. God provided for them. But isn't it amazing when, when God says, I'm going to send you forward to the land of promise, that Moses could have asked for anything in that moment. He could have asked for any of those. Like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll go as long as 
you continue to do those cool things, right? If you continue to like show your power, all right, just let me know that's going to be the case and I'll go. Or like, God, if, as long as my needs will be provided, I'm good. You know, like you do your thing, I'll do my, we'll do our thing. We'll be provided for, we'll have power. We have the promise, we have all those things. So Moses was a person and the people of God knew what it meant to have, to experience God's promises, God's power and God's provision. But that wasn't enough for him because he knew in his heart of hearts that he needed God's presence. That's what he needed. He needed God's presence. God, I can have all these things that you're doing and that's awesome. Thank you. But what I want as I go forward is I want to know that you're near me. You're with me. Not that you're just somewhere else. But God, we need, we want to know that you're with me, that we're not alone in this. And how many of you know, if you've been walking with God for a long time, it is possible to experience his power and to experience his provision and to even have promises in your life, but to not live in an abiding reality with Jesus. That is possible. And it is possible to settle for that. Even in our prayer lives, you think about what we pray for. A lot of times we pray for the promises and the power. Wonderful things. We will continue to pray for those. But it's nothing without his presence. It's nothing without the person. The presence and nearness of God. But guess what? When our lives begin to lean into and be anchored in his presence, and his presence becomes priority, guess what else we get with that? His promises his power, and his provision. They come with his presence. So Moses says, listen, do not do this because I, we need your presence. And then, and then he would say, God, isn't that what makes us distinct? Isn't this what sets us apart? I mean, not all of these other things, but what makes us distinct among the, every person on the face of the earth is that we can say that you're with us. This is, this is the one thing that we should rejoice in. This is the one thing that we should boast in. This is, this is the only thing we have. We can have all those other things, but it's not going to be enough because we know, we need to know that you're near to us. Come on, how many of you know that God created us to live in intimacy with him? That is how he created to know his nearness, to be aware in every waking moment. And in conversation, when we wake up in the morning, when we put our heads to pillow at night, thank you, God, that you're near. And so it's, So we get to be people of his presence. And that's why I'm so grateful that the father knew this. The father knew that we needed more than just the work of his hand. He knew that we needed more than just our our, our money and our bank account and things being provided. He knew that we needed him. And his desire was to be in relationship with us. Free will, just abiding friendship with God. And so the father, we know, would send his son, Jesus. God come down to earth in flesh. He would send his son Jesus to be with us, to walk with us, to show us what life in the kingdom looks like. To show us what life in communion with and relationship with the Father looks like. And then as Jesus would give himself for us as we sing, paying it all, paying the total price, bringing us back into full access with the Father, as Jesus would, in, in a risen state, ascend to heaven, he sends us the Holy Spirit, And the scripture says this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us to inhabit us, to teach us, and to guide us, and to remind us of everything that Jesus said. How awesome is it that we live with the Holy Spirit inside of us, that we don't have to convince God to be near us any morning, every every day. 
he, his desire through his son Jesus is to inhabit us, that we would be a dwelling place for him, that we, no longer do we have to beg or plead or help God change his mind about that, but we get to rejoice that every day we can walk up and not wake up and, and not have to beg God to be with us, but we get to rejoice that he is inside of us in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit every day is reminding you how special you are, how unique you are, how fully alive you are in Christ and how near he is to you. Every day, even this morning, he's reminding us how near he is. And part of what that means to be people of his presence is that we get to practice and demonstrate what nearness to God looks like, what it looks like to live in nearness to God, uninhibited friendship with God. And we get to invite each other into the same nearness, right? And so when we started the service, for those of you who made it in on time, we did child dedications baby dedications. And part of that is as a ministry team, we, some of our ministry team, we prayed for words of encouragement, words of blessing over these babies. And the parents did too. And part of that, when we speak words of life over each other, you know what that is? You know, when we speak that into each other's lives, whether it's our own kids, whether it's our other people in our family, whether it's friends or whoever else God has put us in relationship with, you know what that is? It's a con- continual reminder of this is how God sees you And every time we speak life and blessing and encouragement and promises over each other, every one of those is an invitation for that person to draw into the nearness of God in their own life. And so to be a people of presence means that we're a people inviting each other into the presence. Meaning when I, when we have time with each other, our conversations are just, just, just have the aroma of and are seasoned with the type of words that say, hey, listen, do you know how close Jesus is to you right now? Be reminded of who you are in him. Be reminded of what he says about you. Be reminded of the scripture, what the scripture says about you. And, and, and so we get to, as people of the presence, remind each other of what it looks like to be in, in the presence. And this is a lifestyle that we demonstrate. You guys with me on that? And I love when this actually gets to happen in the home. My, my five-year-old son, Noah, he loves to pray, all right? We catch him praying different times. And sometimes we don't know what he's praying about. We ask him, hey, buddy, what are you praying about? I'm not telling you. Okay, all right, all right, backing off. Other times we can catch him praying. One day he, uh, he was talking to my wife, Megan, and he said, hey, mommy, Jesus is for real, right? And Megan said, yeah. He said, he said uh, like, like for real, real, right? Megan said, yeah. And Noah said, well, he talks to me. He's like, hey, Jesus. He just said, hi. <laughs> Megan's like, oh, that's, that's great, Noah. And then Noah tried it again. He said, hey, Jesus, I really, really want the green Ninjago Lego set. Will you buy it for me? He just said yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, wonderful. I mean, if, he, if Jesus said yes, then... That's awesome. I guess we'll wait to see if this Ninjago set shows up, right? So miraculously, a couple days later, out of nowhere, right? Just out of absolute nowhere. Noah comes down the stairs out of his room one morning. He looks out the window and, hey, there's a package on the front, the front porch of our house. Can you believe that? This package is, is covered in gold glitter because that's what packages from heaven look like, right? And it's got his name on the front. And it says, Noah Humbracht, and inside he opens it up, and lo and behold, it's the green Ninjago set, a little letter from Jesus. And it just says, hey, Noah, I heard your prayer. I really love it when you talk to me. I really love it when you, 
and you spend time praying for me. Here's your green Ninjago set that you asked for. And we're like, whoa, this is awesome, Noah, right? This is so great, buddy. You know, Jesus doesn't always do it like this, right? And, uh, you know, he had to set some parameters there. But, but it was great because in a moment we were able to say, hey, listen, Jesus loves it when he catches moments with you and you're talking to him and you're aware of him. Now, it made some of his friends jealous, right? Because one of his friends came over and, and uh, we were talking in, in another room. And he, he gets me, kind of corners me in the side and he whispers, he's like, yeah. Noah told me that Jesus got him this green Ninjago set. He's like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if I believe that. I'm like, okay, well, why would you not believe that? And he said, well, I was looking at the handwriting on the package. That does not look like Jesus' handwriting. <laughs> I said, okay, what does Jesus' handwriting look like? He said, well... Jesus pretty much always writes in cursive. That's how I know it. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know that. But apparently Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' handwriting on that particular day looked an awful lot like, like mommy's handwriting. But he actually writes in cursive. In case you ever get a package, you don't know the handwriting. If it's in cursive, it's probably Jesus. All right? That's the lesson for the day. But I love these moments with children. I love these moments with, with each other. When we get to build each other up, we get to encourage one another, and we get to practice nearness. We get to practice the nearness of God with each other. And it's not something we fight for. It's something we receive in grace from God. And what I love, Jesus gave us something to remind us of him in this. And this is how we're going to end the service this morning. We're going to receive corporate communion together, okay? This is something we can do as a whole family. This is great. Because even Jesus, as he would speak to his disciples, he said, listen, you know, you don't, what you need is a different kind of bread. And he references the Israelites in the desert. In John six forty seven. this is what he says. We kind of referenced this last week. John six forty seven. he said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. So that, no, so, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And what he's saying, listen, he said, yeah, I, the Father provided miraculously this bread, this manna in the desert. He said, but, you know, they ate it and they still weren't full. They had the provision, but they still weren't full. But there's a different kind of bread that the Father wants to give you. And it has to do with partaking of me, abiding in me, being in relationship with, with me. So close that as you partake of this bread, as you partake of the wine, which would be the blood of Jesus, as that would infill you, as you ingest it, as you swallow it, there's a, a coming together that's, that's a, a spiritual resemblance of what I intended for all of time, that we are people that know what it means to be sustained by the presence of God and not just the hand of God. Anybody in the room on that? And so he continues, John six fifty three. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true blood, uh, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks 
My blood abides in me and I in him as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread of the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. How many of you guys rejoice in the fact that in Christ we live forever? And so, and so, so this morning, here's what I want to do. As the family, collectively, all together, and even if you brought your family with you here today, what we're going to invite you to do is to come to the tables. There's two in the front and there's two in the back. And I want to encourage you to pick up a piece of bread and a cup of grape juice. And please return to your seat. And then we're going to pray together in a moment. And as a family, we're going to receive and be reminded of the presence and the nearness of God promised to us even today. So go ahead and go to the corners and make your way back to your seat before you receive.
because you knew what we needed. And what, what we needed in our core, God, what we needed at the core of our being was more than the bread that we eat at the dinner table, God. What we needed, Father, was you, the bread of life. And this morning, God, as we together as a family join you, God, we just announce that we're people of your presence, and that's by your grace, God. We thank you that you've given us faith to believe in what you've done, and that Jesus, because you loved us so much, you went to the cross, and you obliterated our sin and our wrongdoing and everything we've done that's wrong. And this morning, we thank you, Jesus, and we celebrate that you're with us. God is with us today. We bless you, Jesus, and as we receive the bread and as we drink the cup, Lord God, would you let your nearness flood us on the inside, God, that we would be aware that you are in us and we are in you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, and we love you, Holy Spirit, for reminding us of all these things. And it's in Jesus' name we pray together. Jesus together for being near to us this morning all around. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap up our time. I'm going to invite Gwen to come up. We're going to receive tithes and offerings, a couple announcements, and we'll be out. That was awesome. Guys, if you could just pass your cups to the end of the row, help each other out, that'd be awesome.